Stuart, Stuart, who, who's doing this to you, Stuart? Stuart, can you hear us, Stuart? Smash! Oh no, I cut my hand. Oh, um, yeah. This is this is why we're not doing radio dramas. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's a good attempt. Let's rustle some sound effects. That's, That's it. Footsteps, yeah, and like yeah. Um, smashing and smashing watermelons and stuff. Um, hey guys, yeah. this is Geek Bites. Welcome to the next episode. Uh, I'm Rich, and that's Stu. Hello. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we're looking at WandaVision Q theme titles. Oh, no, we don't have that. This is an audio only podcast. But <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, we don't have the budget to change it every week as well, or do all the other fancy stuff Disney was doing. Yeah, um, like get the um get the rights to any of it either. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Disney just probably bought all of them in the Star per- in the um, Fox purchase, isn't it? Like, yeah, they it, must it, have done actually. Yeah, mustn't they? Because yeah, I'm sure all of that, all of that, like Dick Van Dyke and all that has been um. Oh, sorry, I have to bleep some of that out. Has been um. Uh, picked up by Fox at some point over the years, but <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't think you have to, to bleep out Dick Van Dyke, do you? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> or, or is this like, we, can oh, no. say, we can say Dick Van Dyke as much as we want. Yeah, well, I think that should be our go-to from now on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we should have said spoilers, but I suppose that's not really a spoiler, is it? And if you're listening to this show, you, you kind of know that we start talking about the film straight away. So yeah, you know, obviously spo- spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't watched WandaVision. If you haven't, then you know, it's in your own head, be it. Yeah, I mean, it's been out, final episode's been out for over a week now. Um, so, yeah, I think most people who would have watched it should have watched it by now. You know, Disney's streaming giants getting everything, getting into every home. Apparently, they're they're predicted to overtake Netflix in three years or something. So that, yeah. I was going to just about to say that little factoid, but you couldn't yeah. really do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, well, yeah, I guess call me Disney and call you Netflix then. <laughs> I'm so slow. I, I'm Roku TV, damn it. Um, <laughs> I think Sook's probably um, Amazon TV, isn't it? It's sort of like really good stuff. No, Apple TV. It's really good oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. No one can be bothered to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's ever seen it because they, they're so far away. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, I, we can bleep that one. But yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, I've, I've just put in my notes because um, we come up when we were chatting before we start pushed record. But this is the first piece of Disney content uh, for MCU since Far From Home, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think you might be right. Um, yeah. Wow. And that is a long time ago now. Saw that in the cinema. That's how long ago that is. Exactly. I mean, I think that was it. We've had Endgame, Far From Home, and then that's it. So it's kind of like it's been a hell of a long way. It's been a bit of a drought. And for people that are so used to getting three films a year, um, you know, thank God we finally got some content. Um, well, I don't I know think, if I'm... Um, I think also I, th- I think I heard that they actually the original plan was actually to release um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier ahead of WandaVision. Um, so, oh, OK. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they've obviously, for whatever reason, decided not to do that. And they've thought there must be no crossover in terms of the story. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I wonder. No, no, I guess when uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts next week, we, we might see some hints as to why it's possibly set before or something. Yeah, and the other thing was um, that WandaVision was meant to lead straight into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So with mm. the original uh, release date of May this year, that would have kind of tied in quite nicely, wouldn't it? So, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah I suppose yeah. so. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I said, thank God for new content, but I'm not sure whether this is the content. You know, it's, um, what is it? You didn't get the content you need, you get the content you deserve or something like that. Uh, <laughs> do we, yeah. It's like toxic fandom, you deserve this uh, stuff, and we're going to throw this at you. And, uh, you know, then you can stop moaning about not getting new videos and films and whatever. Um, maybe, I don't <laughs> know. I think um, it's also kind of, it's almost like the MCU can't catch a break with its um, TV tie-ins because first what happens, they say, oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to tie into the MCU. And you get a clip of the Sokovia battle and that's it. Oh, oh, no, and, and you get them tidying up after um, Four Dark Worlds. There's a few people putting stuff in bin bags in London. Yeah. Um, that was another crossover. It was it's hardly. Yeah. Hardly. After, yeah you, you made me go and see Dark World because you told me it would tie into um, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah, I, I thought so. I mean, you were dumb enough to believe me. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, after the whole Hydra review, I mean, if anyone's been having uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ruined for them, sorry, but it's been so long. But after the whole Hydra reveal, and then we Winter Soldier was it, yeah, and then yeah. that that impacting Agents of Shield. I'm like, wow, it's all connected. It all it'll make so much sense and stuff. And then you realise, no, it really isn't. They're no. just milk. No they're one just, cares. They're just winding us up. Um, and then you had obviously the Netflix shows, which never really had any tie-ins. And then they kind of vaguely promised it might do, and then it did. And it was all just, oh, do you remember when those aliens invo- invo- invaded New York City? Oh yeah, that was crazy, man. And yeah. that was about it. And, that and now. Was that was why um, Matt Murdock could get a cheap apartment in Hell's Kitchen, which um, has now become gentrified. But because of the attack on New York, it's now turned back into a slum again. That was their excuse. Um, right. Sorry. Oh, sorry oh, to, OK, yeah. Sorry to ruin your Fred, but yeah, that was it. And, but they never really mentioned aliens or anything again, did they? It was just a kind of a, you know, alluded to in the trailers and you see them flying over them or whatever. But, yeah, anyway. buildings insurance in New York in the MCU is crazy. It gets wrecked every few years, doesn't it? Yeah. With various stuff going on, especially with Spider-Man living there. And then um, obviously you got this time around, they actually try to incorporate them properly and they get hit by a global pandemic. So, uh, yeah, what yeah. can you do? <laughs> so you're comparing the, the, the disaster that was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of a uh, pandemic? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose if you went, if you said Agents of, um, Agent Carter, I would have let you up, you know, that's about right. But you quite like that, didn't you? Oh, I love that. But you know me, I'm all about like 50s Americana. And, spires, Cold War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bridge of Spires, all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a um, show that was cancelled before its time, sadly. Well, that's, I think that's available on Disney Plus, actually, if anyone wants to watch that. It's worth yeah. a look. I mean, I think speaking of 50s Americana and cancelled before its time, you should definitely watch Project Blue Book. I think you'd love it. It's got um, Littlefinger and some guy like Amer- he plays like this um, scientist um, that studies UFOs or whatever with his rubbish accent uh, yeah. in America uh, in the 60s or something. And he's teamed up with his Air Force guy who's like buying a book. And they basically have to go and dispute all of the UFO sightings and things. And it's kind of them two. So it's kind of like an odd couple, Mulder and Scully, but men. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's quite yeah, I've good. heard of it. Yeah, I think it's something. Um, it was on Sci-Fi for a little while. I think it's on uh, Amazon Video at the moment. So, yeah, um, it might be. Yeah. And now, now that you know it's just two seasons and it's not too much of a commitment. Um, yeah, it might be worth investing in. I um, do need a new show after watching The Americans, which is more Cold War drama. So yeah, well, it's has, got my bag. This has Cold War machinations in it, so you might mm. enjoy it. Um, but I'll let you. Uh, yeah, I'll let you uh, explore that in. <laughs> isn't the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, one division. Have we got any um, one sentence reviews? 
Yes, you might recognise this from our group chat with um, our former colleague. Uh, but a novel experiment that didn't hit home, and I feel no more about these two characters than I did before the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, for me, it was uh, fairly dull sitcom moments mixed with exciting plot points and twists, but ultimately it doesn't actually go that far. I was going to say exciting plot points and twists. There was a couple of twists, but most of it was quite dull. Uh, it was kind of, um, I mean, I was going to touch on this later, but like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like Brian Michael Bendis. He does some good stuff. Um, but like towards the end of his run on Marvel's work, like his comics would literally be one page of like what's happening in the present and then a bunch of expo- exposition around it. So the actual plot never moved forward. And I've, that's what I felt that this show is about. It's kind of the actual timeline of Monica going in and the end battle was just a couple of just a couple of days. But I just yeah. milked it of all this other sh- rubbish and you know, flashbacks and all that stuff. And I just felt like, you know, there was a, a twist, which we'll come to soon. Um, but other than that, it just felt a bit kind of they just shoehorned in a bunch of gimmicks for gimmicks sake. It was just I don't know. Yeah, it was it was obviously a, a, a homage, a love letter to, you know, American sitcoms, um, not many of which I'd watched, to be honest. I've never really never really watched much of the Dick Van Dyke show, never really watched much of The Witch or whatever all the other ones were meant to be. Um, I mean, I'd mentioned Twist, you know, and it does also it does also have some good uh, thought provoking moments as well. Um, which I didn't quite touch on in that review, actually. But, um, yeah, I get what you mean. It, it was spinning its wheels for a lot of the time. Like, a lot of the sitcom stuff didn't really advance the plot. It was, it, it was just it was just a homage to sitcoms. Yeah. Um, did this, this series didn't need to be nine episodes long, I don't yeah. think. And the whole thing, um, and that's the thing, it's kind of, it's a margin sitcoms that international audience won't know about. So how well this is going to do in China, I don't know. Um, uh, and it's just, yeah, like, a lot of unnecessary plot points. It didn't need to be nine episodes long. The reason they kept us going was because of these sort of, uh, they left little hooks at the end, like, oh, what's that beekeeper about? And then the next mm. episode, oh, the beekeeper's not there anymore. She got rid of the beekeeper. So, oh, thanks for that, Wanda. So much for that little um, mystery. Yeah, um, so, you know, everyone was talking, oh, is it high from Avengers? Is it, you know, all kinds of things? Like, who is it? Was the, is it going to be the demon Mephisto or whatever? That was supposed to be one of the big bads. But no, it was just... um. Who was the villain? Oh, Agatha. It was Agatha all along. Agatha. That mm-hmm. that song has actually been released on um uh, like and as an actual song that people can buy the Agatha theme tune. I mean, uh, what's this world coming to? <laughs> Desperation, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was bizarre, and I think it was like people were even saying like the the fly buzzing around in Agatha's house was Mephisto because in the comics that's how he first appeared to people, or the rabbit is Mephisto, or. Um, Every, everyone's Mephisto. <laughs> everyone's Mephisto. Postman was Mephisto at one point, and then even um, her mysterious husband Ralph that you never met was Mephisto. I mean, <laughs> you did meet him at the end, but you know, it's just everyone was Mephisto, but Mephisto wasn't Mephisto. I mean, it would be interesting if they did introduce Mephisto because in the comics, he's who Spider-Man does a deal with um, to resurrect Aunt May um, okay. in the One More Day storyline, and the idea is in that him and Mary. Basically, it's after he reveals his identity in Civil War. Um, he, sorry, spoilers for anyone. Um, he then is targeted by, I, I don't know if it's Kingpin, because it seems a bit cruel for Kingpin. That's, who after then, the, that's not in Civil War, is it? That's after the events of Civil this War. This is after the events of Civil War. But because yeah. his identity is out there, he's hiding in a motel with Aunt May and um, Mary Jane. An assassin goes, shoots for him, kills Aunt May. 
Um, so he ends up making a deal with Mephisto to basically save Aunt May. But what it means is to sacri- to get that deal, he sacrifices his whole relationship with Mary Jane. So it mm. goes back to him being single. They have dated and split up and they weren't even married. They didn't have an unborn child, blah, 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 blah. So it's one of those big decisive moments in comics where like I've, I think it's a bad idea. Lots of fans think it's a bad idea. I mean, they've kind of started to unwork that because back in um, recent times, they were like uh, it was one of those decisions that wasn't going to be undone. But I think nowadays they're like, well, fans actually like Mary Jane. We need to get her back in it. Let's just say that Mephisto's let him off now. Because um, they even alluded to the fact that when they did, they made the deal, Mary Jane and Mephisto made a deal, uh, that uh, agreement that she actually would remember everything. So when you see Peter just naively going around, just being Peter Parker, he didn't know that she knew that he was he'd sacrificed everything. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at is if they had introduced Mephisto, that would lead nicely into Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, and also the fact about resurrections and stuff being did she use Mephisto to resurrect Vision and stuff like that exactly yeah which would have been mm. far more interesting than what we got um, but uh, yeah speaking of resurrections so this is on, on our overall impressions bit still um, mm. you know the director of S.W.O.R.D. when he was talking to uh, Wanda or Monica Rambo or whatever yeah yeah someone he was like um, you know oh the Sokovia Accords um, don't allow resurrection or something like that and I thought that was a very specific thing to put in a list of rules about super people. It's like, did they already know someone existed that could do that? Or was that something that they were just hedging their bets in case that sort of power comes along in future? Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know that in the MCU no one's been resurrected yet, have they? So uh, I think it's in it's more in the DC universe that everyone's chucking each other in Lazarus pits all over the place. Exactly, um, yeah. Uh, but it's, it just goes to, I mean, we only see this sort of thin lens of what's happening in the MCU. Um, but there could be other stuff going on that we don't know about, which Sword and Shield and the, the powers that be do. Um, but I think that's kind of giving them too much credit. I think it's just a throwaway line to explain mm. why she couldn't say Vision. Um, you know, why don't they just well, turn just him on? just because the director says no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just turn him on, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. He, was, he, he wasn't a liar. He was an android. Well, let's discuss yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah. But then, there's, but then that leads into my question of, is that why they couldn't save Black Widow after Endgame? It wasn't because she sacrificed herself to get the stones to start the thing and it would cause a paradox. It was simply because the Sokovia Accord says we can't resurrect dead heroes, even if we want to. Um, yeah, well, I don't think... Let's face it, Scarlet... Sorry, uh, Black Widow's never a... Uh, she's never a superhero. She's... Um, is she, oh, well, she, did, she got mutated or something, didn't she? In being um that punches things and does karate kicks or whatever but what i was getting at is that the fact mm. that you know is it that the sokovia called say you can't resurrect people thus we can't use the gauntlet to bring her back yeah yeah mm. um okay but we can use the gauntlet to bring everyone else i guess well yeah they just got snapped they didn't die did they okay, so what about the um the scene i think it was episode three or four, no episode four i think where we actually got a view of everyone actually coming back from the snap and uh Turns out this whole thing was kind of roughly um, set just before Far From Home. Yeah. Um, and obviously we see Monica Rambeau coming back and she was last seen in Captain Marvel as a uh, kid. Yeah. And her mum being Captain Marvel's best mate. And they've obviously had a falling out since then because she doesn't want to know about Captain Marvel when she um she talks, to, when uh, Jimmy Woo starts talking about it. Jimmy Woo was awesome in this. He was, <laughs> he was like one of the best characters. But anyway, carry on. Um. And when she started talking about that, I actually struck me. They were all saying they started talking about, oh, Captain Marvel super powerful, you know. She, um, oh, but Wanda, she almost, she almost defeated Thanos on her own. And 
I kind of thought, well, how do these people actually know that? Did Wanda and Captain Marvel and everyone kind of come back and give a quick play-by-play? Oh, by the way, yeah, I, I nearly did that, and then oh, I did that. No one actually witnessed all this going on. How did they? How did they know that Wanda had almost defeated Thanos? Because they're only surrogates. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, but who's who's gonna who? You know, hardly anyone that was actually there to actually witness Wanda almost doing it. Um, most people who were there probably wouldn't have been the kind to go on Oprah and uh, talk about their experiences of it. Oh, by the way, do you know? Um, do you know Wanda uh, nearly did that? Bloody blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I don't know. A bit of a weird plot hole. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Audience surrogate, but it's kind of like it almost turns them into fan. It doesn't quite work in universe as to how everyone knows exactly what went down. It'd be like if they started saying, "Oh, but remember how." Tony and uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man almost beat Thanos as well on on Titan. Yeah. Did they? How, how do you know that? You weren't there. Did yeah. they, they didn't exactly film it. <laughs> it's yeah, and it's like you know they're not going to come back and just say, oh yeah, and then this happened and da, da, da. I mean, Spider-Man might be the sort to do it, but then who's he going to tell? He's not going to. Like Ned's not going to go and start telling them, oh yeah, my mate yeah. who is actually Spider-Man told me this. You've only got no, one no, friend. Yeah. It's Peter. All oh, right, yeah, Peter's Doctor, Doctor Strange because he's going to be next to him in every interview saying, oh, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Mark Ruffalo tying him down or something. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. It's, oh, I, no, Tom Holland just gets my coat. But anyway, moving on. It's <laughs> it's just yeah, it is a bit weird and like stuff like they recast Pietro. I mean, that's coming back to this whole um reveal, which I've kind of mm. given away. But it's it's the fact that's the audience surrogate thing. She's like stating the obvious, and it's kind of like well, recast. I mean, I know like it's uh you know they're using this TV metaphor to allow them to break the fourth wall willy nilly. But it just I don't know that. I mean, it was. It sort of fell flat, didn't it? It was kind of a bit, I don't know. But anyway, should we go back to that reveal and we can kind of... Yeah, let's talk about... So obviously I think you've said that you felt this is where the show peaked at the end of that episode when uh, Evan Peters... Is that his name? Evan yeah, Peters. Yeah. yeah, Evan Peters' uh, Pietro comes in, Quicksilver. I think, I mean, sorry, Aaron Taylor-Johnson... You were okay, but I think everyone would agree that Evan Peters had the better Quicksilver. Um, and he come, comes in at the end and gets revealed, oh, hi, it's Pietro. And obviously she thinks he's dead and he's come back with some alternative version. And everyone's like, oh, wow, this is going to blow blow the whole, you know, this is the start of the X-Men coming in. Yeah. And it's, it's it, they're just trolling us at this point. They had to know that people would think that. They can't just say, oh, we didn't even think about that. We just thought it'd be cool. Really? I mean, this is um Kevin Feige. He knows, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. I'd like to think it's still going to turn out that he's could could be something going on. I mean, it turns out that he was just this guy, Ralph Boner, witness protection. <laughs> Um, oh, was he this, the witness protection one? Did we yeah, find he was the one that um, he was the one that oh, well, I think it was heavily implied. He was the one that Jimmy Woo was looking for in the end because he's the one who's got like fake identity. He had all his identity papers all over the uh, office, didn't he? Oh, really? Yeah. So who he, else was he then? That's the interesting that, one. What are the sto- what are the na- other names that he's been? Um. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. All all I know is he was the one who kind of had um, he kind of had all his um. Well, that's how Monica Rambo went in. He had all like his bank statements, and everything all over the place. So that's that's all I know about that. Um, but yeah, we don't know who else he's been yet. If it isn't even is anyone important, or if it was just an excuse for a, a long setup for a dirty joke. 
So. I mean, that's the thing. When I I was been reading about this online, and they were like saying how um oh we didn't expect that sort of reaction. It's like yes you did. Come on, yeah. no one's that stupid. No one's going to put like th- that casting in there. And like yeah, you say, yeah. it's just a really bad joke. And by doing that, they basically built up so much hype and expectation of what this is about that when they did go do the whole Agatha reveal later on, it just felt like a bit of a damp squid, and it was kind of like yeah, oh is that yeah. it? You know, and everyone's you, like, who? Oh, it was Agatha all along. Well, who's, yeah. who's Agatha? No one cares. And it's literally the only other person that's had screen time, apart from Monica, Jimmy Woo, What's Her Face, and Pietro and whatever. So basically yeah. the only person that's in the world with them, oh, of course it's going to be her. And the fact that before the show even started, everyone's like, it's Agatha Harkness, it's Agatha Harkness. I mean, yeah. I'd never heard of her. You'd never heard of her. No. Um, but she's kind of alluded to that she was like this witch that trained um, Wanda in the comics and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just think that the, the whole Quicksilver reveal could have been, they could have made a lot of it, but it just ended up being a damp squid and it just, it, it's a bit of a waste, really. Um, I mean, I did like how they kept you worried, they kept you wondering for a couple of episodes at least, you know, they gave you that. Um, but then as soon as they revealed that, no, he's just a guy, you know, yeah. just, just a guy standing in front of a girl, telling yeah. him he's her brother or whatever, then it's just kind of like, and then, because that's the thing, there was that, she threw him into a, I don't know, threw him into a bench or something. And then a few episodes, he's disappeared. It's kind of like, oh, we're over that bit now. It was one of those, it felt a bit like discovery in the sense that they have things going on and then they just ignore them for a couple of episodes because they have other things going on. Then they come back to it when they need to. Um, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily they're being consistent with it all. Um, Maybe they'd say, oh, it's because it's all Wanda's world anyway. So yeah. it's just what, it's what she chooses to focus on. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Wonders World, what did you think about the whole fourth wall stuff and the whole modern family talking to the camera, being interviewed and, you know, cutaways and all that rubbish? I mean, that yeah, that was a specific part of the modern family pastiche, wasn't it? Um, I mean, look, if I'm the problem with that isn't that they were choosing to cut away to the fourth wall. You know, if they were going for a modern family pastiche, so they had to do that whole cutting away so it's not so if you if there's a problem with that it's a problem with the whole idea of having a sitcom homage in there the yeah. the, mod, the modern family that cutting away thing was no different to any of the other plot points from the dick van dyke show or from bewitched or from anything like that it, they were literally just it, you know it was a fair it was an accurate um reconstruction of how things work in modern family so yeah fine get with it if we're if we're in a show where you want where every episode wants to be based around a different sitcom then yeah it worked um but if we don't want that and if if then let's scrap all the whole sitcom thing uh, get rid of it all because it was yeah so it tried to make it i mean look it, it probably arguably got it out there i mean there's no other mcu film or show that my mum's asked me if she should watch <laughs> Did she watch it or did she give up? I mean, I don't think she watched it, and I think yeah. um in the end I said to her, no, it's not really going to be for you because obviously she she grew up watching all those shows because they didn't have too much else on um where she grew up in the so, you know, she she didn't grow up in Sokovia or anything. I was like going to say, is it a similar sort of situation that that's all they can get on their telly? Well, not a million miles off, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, Under the oppression of the British. Yeah, and and um they uh yeah so that's all she watched so she remembered those but i think if i just said oh yeah it's great it'll take you back to your memories of watching tv then after three episodes it just turns into a load of craziness she'd be like what am i watching um so yeah i mean whether whether they got any more viewers in on, on that basis trick. um i don't know yeah, yeah. trick them yeah I, I mean that's the worry it just feels like uh, you know that people that come in to watch that phil cond those people that got excited about um 
Quicksilver's reveal got conned. You know, yeah. it just, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't brilliant. It just felt like a bit of a weird one to start a TV universe with. And like you say, if that's because it wasn't meant to be the first one, that kind of makes a hell of a lot of sense because it doesn't feel like the first in a series of this stuff. Yeah, the first ones kind of tend to have to be quite basic. Um, so like, not basic, but quite um playing it straight and you kind of think that you you kind of think that um cap the falcon the winter soldier is going to be much more like traditional if you see what i mean like in fitting with the rest of the mcu whereas this yeah. one's quite experimental so um maybe maybe if this hadn't been the first one we'd be like oh, okay you know it'd almost be like it almost like being like thor ragnarok being the first mcu film i mean thor ragnarok was great <laughs> there, it, was, it was unusual yeah, in many yeah. ways it um, was an exception to the rule sort of thing and it worked yeah. because of that you know so that you would but it worked to... because it worked because it wasn't kicking things off with a weird one yeah and we need to know the rules before you go around breaking them and if yeah it, if this is kind of like what you can expect from marvel television i think a lot of people will be put off because yeah, I, yeah. I tried to get my significant other who i won't name <laughs> um to watch it and we i think we got like five minutes into the first episode and she's like what the hell is this beep you know i'm not watching this anymore and i could kind of totally see a point and i was going to give up on it until you convinced me otherwise um because it was just felt it just felt a bit i don't know just like why 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 what is what the hell is going on and yeah. like yeah fair enough you've got the whole oh, novelty factor but if it if if you don't have the the interest in the characters to begin with which was her situation then it's like it's it's not going to appeal to you really is it and i suppose that would have been the same with your mum she doesn't really know much about these characters beyond I don't know what they're being told within the context of the show, which was very little. So you didn't really know who Vision and Wonder were if you haven't watched anything from Marvel before. So yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, who are the hell are these people? Why should I care? Um, you know, otherwise you're just confused as anything. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, uh, so I've got some other bits of my overall thoughts. Um, yeah, go on. It was very gimmicky. Um, what I felt was like Disney. They were like, we need to wow people with all our own special effects. Make a show to do that. It was kind of like it just felt like the special effects were thrown in there and they brag about how much each episode cost. And when you think about it, a decent plot shouldn't cost anything, really, should it? It was kind of like, you know, do we need the rooms changing magically behind them all the time? You know, we've seen it once, we've seen it twice. We get the we get the gist. You don't really need to kind of whack us around the head with it. Um, yeah, I agree. I think kind of anything that talk, that crows about how much something costs to develop no one's actually i mean there's loads of films that cost loads to develop and they're not that great so it doesn't actually mean anything um it, it, what's more laudable is when you have an amazing film that was created on a shoestring budget that's that's actually worthy of because it shows that it is purely based around they're not just throwing money at things you know yeah and i, I mean to make a parallel i mean yeah i'm sure the mandalorian cost a hell of a lot yeah. But it also had a decent plot most of the time. So it's kind of like, yeah. you, you can kind of be like, fair enough. Whereas Discovery cost a hell of a lot. The plot makes no bloody sense. Um, so it's, it's just one of those, like, I think original, when you, I'm going back to Star Trek metaphors, the original series, they had plywood and, uh, I don't know, a stuffed toy with a little vibrator in it to be a triple. You know, that yeah. was the limit of their special effects. And yet people have loved that stuff for 40, 50 years. Whereas Discovery, they've got all the money under the sun. They've got lens flares coming out of the yin-yang. And yet they tell to the decent plot. And it was kind of like, that's what I felt with this a bit. It was kind of like a bit. And especially with the fact that this ended with another big CGI battle in the sky where they're throwing laser bolts at each other. It was just yeah. like, come on, it's a bit cliched. Let's just do something a bit different. You know, do we have to have this 
samey stuff over and over again. I mean, I'm not to say it was terrible. It was just it could have been a lot better. Um, yeah, but I, I suppose, like we say, it was the actual story itself was only over a couple of days. So if they had have just stripped away all of that, it'd been, it could have arguably have been a, have been a movie rather than a TV show. But yeah, and it would have probably worked a lot better as that. Like, uh, you wouldn't mind sacrificing two hours of your life to watch this, but well, I suppose maybe that's what it is. As we've added him all up, most of it was credits. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I that was know. mental, wasn't it? Every episode had seven minutes of credits. That's insane. That's is because it of all, really necessary. It's because of all the visual effects artists they had to hire to, to change the background every other week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, one thing I noticed in this, you know, sword is mentioned, and yeah. that's like. In the comics, that's basically a space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was actually introduced by yes. Joss, Joss Whedon. Um, but yeah, in the comics, it's the Sentient World Observation Response Division. Whereas in the MCV, they've called it Sentient Weapon Observation Response Division. Mm. I'm like, you've got one Ultron and you've got like every other film, aliens attacking. Why are you going to create a whole special service to watch out for another sentient weapon? It just felt like because they're, they're decommissioning and rebuilding uh, Ultron, they're like, oh, yeah, it's about sentient weapons. It's not about space. Uh, but then they allude to the fact that, you know, uh, uh, what is it? They had missions in space at the time of the, 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 the click and all that stuff. So it's like, well, it's obviously sentient world. It's not sentient weapon. It just felt yeah. like it was an unnecessarily rebranding. Um, yeah, sorry, that was the side. Should, is it so that they can just basically make vision into their into their purview? Because that that was clearly what it was about. They kept referring to vision as a weapon, didn't they? Oh, these seven billion dollars of a weapon, vibraniums, put, put in, them in yeah. the ground. Yeah, but why not just make it another generic agency? Why are you sword? It just felt a bit kind of you know shoehorned in. It's just like we need some bad guys to be trying to decommission Vision, um, so we can get them to rebuild Vision and then send them against Vision and Wonder. And we want to tick Wonder off and maybe provoke her into making some magical world somehow. Who knows? Uh, but it, yeah, why did it have to be sword? I know sword is like the future of Shield in the MCU by the looks of things, but it should have just been about space and you know this happens to be something that just fell into their thing because shield isn't around anymore although yeah. to be fair what's the face um oh, what's the name kobe smolders uh, maria hill yeah. and um samuel jackson i suppose all they need is a smartphone and they are shield and they just drive around and they just yeah. carry on doing it even though shield's been gone for about four movies or a well, pager why not exactly yeah page <laughs> Yeah, but they've, yeah, they're just basically still Shield, even though Shield no longer exists. So I'm sure they've got like a government credit card that they can rinse. Defund yeah. Shield, as yeah. some people would probably say. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I've got uh, we covered cameos. Um. Yeah. Uh, one, yeah. I mean, so Wanda's motivation for actually doing it all. So should we move on to that? Yeah. Yeah. So um obviously she's and this they talked about possibly having her actually go and find Vision at the end of um Endgame didn't they but they decided against having any post credit sequences. Oh really? Yeah, okay. I think um they said uh, someone one of the directors or something came out and said oh this is we were considering having this but then we decided no no post credit let's just draw a line under it after Endgame and they were going to have her breaking in and finding Vision and having him dead or whatever. Um, so, OK, so she's basically gone and found Vision. And I was trying to I was trying to figure out if you can read WandaVision as basically a step through the five stages of grief. OK, I like this. This is, this is um, Richard quality thinking. It's like, yeah. So the five stages of grief are, you know, denial, 
And by the way, the the creator of these five stages since said you don't have to go through them in this order. It was actually misconstrued what what, what they uh, suggested be good. But so this is general pattern for loss. So you've got denial. Um, and obviously it's, uh, it's very clear at some points that she's um actually denying reality. That's literally what this entire show is about, her denying reality. When the beekeeper comes up through the sewer... She basically says, just says no. So you can't, you can't get more denying than that. No, and he gets zoomed back out. You know, she denies. Um, she gets rid of um, Monica as well. She throws her out of the hex. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. basically denying the entire, the entire world. And actually, psychologically, this is what denial is. It's basically creating your not accepting reality where the person you've lost is dead. Um, we also see her angry, you know, again, when Monica starts to intrude upon this world she's created, she gets angry with Monica oh, um, and she gets angry with Sword as well. Um, when she yeah. says, you know, you're the one not letting me have him back. It turns but, all into clowns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bargaining. Um, I wonder, This is a little bit of a reach here, but when she starts bargaining with um, with uh, Agatha, Oh, yeah. uh, even though it turns out that's not quite a um that's not quite a uh legit bargaining uh agatha obviously wasn't playing it straight and um i think not entirely sure wonder was either but yeah bargaining to try to see what you can do to actually get your uh to reverse this lost you loss you've suffered uh depression you know we saw her obviously being very sad most of the time uh, yeah, when yeah. she went back to town and she found that plot of land that he bought for her um and then finally in the end you know acceptance is obviously when she does let him go and uh says okay it's time to actually wind the hex down and um yeah i mean because uh, depression she also had duvet days didn't she like when the kids were there and she was just like um, just spending the whole day in bed and stuff so she's obviously that side of depression as well yeah um, um so yeah I, I i wondered if they were because part of a lot of um not this you can say it's all about grief and, you know at the end vision says he almost sums it up saying oh grief is just love persisting or even though he's never known love or he's, he said he doesn't know what it is since he's an android or whatever um but yeah so trying to kind of read the whole series is just how to get over loss kind of makes you think oh, okay so we did actually see her going through this journey and how people how you might react to that if you were a superhero with powers to actually basically shape the world how you wanted it but how can we take that and examine it how people without superpowers might deal with that similar kind of situation and i think i think you know there is it kind of does illustrate that you know maybe one day we'll see some of this stuff used as illustrations for this for grief and for loss um as to yeah yeah i don't know what do you think <laughs> so, so so you're saying it's a macro and micro perspective the macro is like oh let's rebuild a whole new world to basically bring back my dead loved ones and the micro perspective is how she deals with it day in day within the world isn't it so it's kind of yeah. like, you know um and then the fact that every every other sort of you know every now and then she'd see a dead vision standing there sort of thing rather than the real vision or a dead pietro standing there and it kind of just reminds her that you know her head's not in the right space that she's kind of like tr- tricking herself into believing all this stuff yeah. um i think yeah. that's really yeah i think that works quite well i don't know whether the writers were smart enough to be thinking that way but it seems like they've touched on it you know a lot of the key points um I'm trying to think. I mean, where does the kids come into this? Because that's the sort of the bit that I don't like. Because I mean, spoilers, but 
she basically invents two twins, well, not two twins, but twins that her and Pietro have during her, their time at um, yeah, they, they don't they don't have them together. They look after them. Yeah, there's no no incest in this uh, in this. Oh, show. sorry, not Pietro. I mean um, Vision. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, to be, in right, the comics. Sorry, I thought you meant how Pietro was helping look after them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I meant her and Vision had some twins. <laughs> Um, they didn't I mean maybe they had some love I don't know I don't know how these things happen uh, but basically she magicked herself pregnant and she managed herself having babies then she magicked having like I don't know teenage kids or whatever and it's kind of like you know in the comics they do end up having kids but I think it's a lot more natural and a lot more like following the pace of reality uh, and that's, they, that all feeds into House of M doesn't it yeah because she loses to kids and she loses her mind and she recreates the world in her own image which yeah. will be, you know which will be quite a fun way to sort of see what happens to MTU but in this, it's kind of like, well, how can she have the same emotional feelings for kids that she's only had for four days that she would for ones in the comics, which she's had forever? I mean, I suppose you would because she had kids, but it's kind of like a bit, you know, and then everyone's like, oh, look, that's Wiccan, which is the kid with the magical, power, you know, telepathy powers. Yeah, and the yeah. other one had some super speed powers. So it's kind of they're obviously signposting the young Avengers because um, they've got them to they've got Kate Bishop turning up in the Hawkeye series, oh, okay, Ricky cool. Chavez, Miss um, Marvel, blah, blah, blah. So basically all of that stuff is leading up to some sort of Young Avengers film, I'm guessing. Um, what, but you think you think those two will come back at some point or you think they're just kind of like an Easter egg thing? Oh, you know, this is going to be more about kids with powers now. Well, did you see the, um, the end credit scenes? Um, uh, yeah. There was two of them. So at the end you heard her, she was reading The Dark Home. Um, and then yeah, yeah. You heard the kids sort of screaming for help. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So it could be that they're alluding to because I think some people online were speculating maybe she'll go and save them from another reality when it's when they're not her kids then really, are they? It's kind of a bit weird. Um, but I suppose if she comes up with a hex to create a world in which they are existing and she doesn't, I don't know, abuse other people in the process, then maybe she's allowed to have them. I don't know. Well, that's literally the House of M storyline, isn't it? I mean, she does abuse everyone to have them, though, isn't it? That, she yeah. basically creates a world where humans are persecuted by mutants and Magneto's the king, um, which I think would be a really nice to see in MCU. Um, I, I think my disappointment with this series that they, I mean, now that they own the rights to the um, X-Men characters, they didn't allude to the fact that Pietro and um, Wanda were Magneto's kids. Um, because I think, frustratingly, in the comics, they retconned that because of the whole rights issue. Yeah. Um, so they basically, I'm... yeah, hopefully they kind of re they're unretcon it going forward because that's one of the pivotal parts of those characters and for the fact it, it was like that for 30 odd years until disney and fox had a, a little spat was it's such a shame to undo it all well um, I, I didn't quite understand how they managed to get hold of wanda and pietro in the first place anyway because i think they basically they basically said they're not mutants haven't they 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 got experimented on to get powers or something didn't yeah. they i mean yeah in the mcu's storyline yeah yeah and it, in the basically uh, I think the, the the thing was they were like early versions, early members of the Avengers, because I think they were in the right. Avengers before they ever joined the X-Men. So in that yeah, way, they belonged right. to the Avengers. They happened to be mutants, so Fox could use them. But I think that's probably why we never heard Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch until they got the rights back, because obviously yeah. they can't use that. So it's very much, you know, they can use Wanda and Pietro, but they couldn't use blah, blah, blah. And that's probably why Pietro was more exposed in the fox universe and her in this one because it's probably like a custody battle but they one got got one kid each i can't what? even remember did she even appear in the fox universe at all well, i can't well, remember i mean this is the weird thing they're meant to be twins but they actually have pietro go back to visit his mum and see a toddler version of wanda sitting there 
playing right. with magical hex powers. So again, that's another way reason why the Fox universe is rubbish. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I think he was basically his parents were like some hick. Uh, his mum was like some hick woman that maybe right. they were shacked up with. It wasn't even anything to do with magic and Wondergold Mountain and I don't know Eastern Europe and whatever. So that, none of their origin story was appropriate. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just. But they out. did. They did what they had to do, given um, given they didn't have the rights to the actual, yeah. actual story. I mean, to be fair, uh, Pietro in the MCU is probably more true to the character because he was quite a boring person in the comics, whereas the guy in the thing was kind of this fun dude and blah blah blah. You know, he was very much a stick in the mud. In but that's in the a, that's what we want to see, isn't it? We that's why I mean, Evan Peters' character was more fun than. I mean, you know, there's that scene. He was a that's one of the. You know, I don't like the X Men films, but the scene in um, Days of Future Past when he's if Rescue's I could catch time in a bottle, that's one that's one of the best superhero film scenes of all time i think yeah yeah i mean definitely and it's kind of like when he stops to have a, a food and blah 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 and yeah. carries on going and yeah it's and that's and he does that with such charisma you know i think you know when you look at the cast of those films none of them are particularly charismatic but he manages to carry that you know, them scenes and i think that's why they kept him around because mm. you know most of them they just won and done in it i mean they've had so many people play x-men and they never yeah. come back um but yeah so who who played him in um the at the original timeline because uh, evan peters was days of future past timeline wasn't he who played quicksilver in the original timeline um uh what you call it kick-ass aaron taylor johnson no no he didn't that's the mcu i mean um oh he uh, wasn't in the original timeline oh was he, he was not in, okay no yeah, yeah. okay no. yeah i don't yeah i don't think they've had him in he was only in that one. Oh, okay yeah. okay cool fair enough yeah. yeah, I was trying to think why I couldn't remember. That's why. <laughs> That's yeah. a, the thing is that for the original timeline, so many of those characters have just been completely replaced. I mean, like, um, what's her name? Uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Romanios or whatever, who was um, got just you know, who just got completely replaced by Jennifer Lawrence. No one even remembers her anymore. Yeah. As um, and then who else is Mystique. there? Yeah. yeah, Mystique. There you go. Yeah. Famke Janssen. Um. Yeah. What's his name? What's the guy um, from Westworld? Uh, Dwight? No, not Dwight. Uh, the one that. Um, oh, what's the name? The guy that. Uh, Skyclops, the actor that plays Cyclops. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't remember his name either. Yeah, yeah he's he got um <laughs> he got replaced by some yeah. teenager. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And uh, did it make sense? I mean, I did suggest Dark Phoenix as an episode for this, but both of us turned our nose up at that, even though we can get it for free now on Disney+. Plus. It just yeah. seems like, why, why commit to it, even though now it's not even canon? I mean, it wasn't canon before, because he didn't care about canon. I um, kind of feel like maybe we should just watch the entire X-Men series. Oh, just, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to do something, do it properly, you know, and then oh. just give our full thoughts on it, because... In many ways, I mean, the X-Men movie back in 2000 or whatever, that did kick off. It didn't quite kick off, but it was kind of on the same level as Spider-Man and that at the time, wasn't it? So Yeah, but then it killed my favourite comic characters because they basically turned them into the movie versions. And yeah. uh, it was terrible. And then basically, <laughs> I've got a collection of X-Men comics in my shed that... Um, <laughs> Just just no hope of ever selling them or doing anything with them because no one wants them anymore because it's such a terrible franchise that no one cares about. But hopefully when they bring them back, it might be worth something. But as it stands, I've I basically followed the wrong wrong team because um, they've not Fair been. Any, there's, there's not been any decent X Men con- content since the 90s, I think. Um, 
yeah, I'm bitter. So I've been sitting, <laughs> I've been waiting for it for 20 years, God damn it. Um, and it's they're still not films. doing it. They're yeah, still it's not. All, it's all because of them films. Anyway, that's my rant <laughs> over. Um, yeah, uh, where were we? Uh, um, Ship of Theseus, bit of philosophy chat about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, that was probably the best scene and the best writing out of this whole show, wasn't it? The way that, um, well, Wanda's magical, magicked up vision convinced the resurrected dead real vision. Well, was he real? I don't know. That who is the real vision, if that makes sense. But I think you can elaborate on this further whilst talking about really interesting philosophical things. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, they basically um, Wanda vision, Wanda's vision uh, speaks to white vision and says, um, oh, which of us is the real vision? He starts talking about the ship of Theseus. And at, th- at first, you're not quite sure what this is about. And he gave, a good, he gave a good explanation of what it was. Basically, if something gets replaced completely bit by bit, when does it stop being the original ship? Um, this is a one of the most important philosophical paradoxes of all time, actually. And it was based, supposedly, the, Greek, the, the Greeks had a copy of the ship of Theseus, and they did maintain it in a museum. And Aristotle or someone said, oh, hold on. When's this? Is this actually still the ship? Um, and it's a paradox, and it's never actually been. No one's come up with a, a decent solution to it, which is why it's a paradox. Uh, so there's no, there's no widely accepted answer. Um, but the answer that Vision settles on in this one is that it's not actually an interpretation or an answer I've heard about, but it's actually a really fascinating answer. Um, and he basically explains this to the White Vision, and he says, um. Oh, in fact, what if it's not actually about the physical concept? It's about um, the rot on it. That's what is actually the ship of Theseus. And that's actually saying we're not our we're not our physical selves. We're actually the or what something is. It isn't its physical self, but it's what it's experienced, what it's been through. And then that's how they basically say that, therefore, by transferring my experiences, to you, you then become vision. Now, I was thinking about how, what that means for human consciousness, and as you do, <laughs> and that's only Richard can. <laughs> <laughs> what does what does Wonder Vision mean for human consciousness? <laughs> there's the. Have you heard this phrase that the entire human body regenerates itself every seven to ten years? That's uh, not actually strictly true. No, but I'm terrified now. <laughs> so every human cell, you know, skin cells die and get replaced on a weekly basis almost. Uh, other parts of the body, the cells kind of die and get replaced um, over years, takes years. But there's a very, and it's often quoted that the entire human body replaces itself every seven to ten years. It's not strictly true. That was um that was that's due to statistical flaws in how it's presented. But I won't go into that. Don't worry. Um, what what the important thing is, there's a few types of cells in the body that never get replaced. They're, they're with you for life, and that is part of the lenses of your eye, part of your teeth, and probably most importantly, the very central part of your brain. Um, that's what actually remains in place through your entire life. Uh, I'm not too I'm not too up on brain biology, so I'm not sure if that means that that's why if someone starts getting dementia or whatever, it's because that part of the brain's failing or something. I'm not sure. But um, and therefore, is that what actually gives us our sense of self, our memories and stuff? 
Um, now with Vision, obviously he had his memories in the core because um, Wanda had used her powers to make a perfect copy of him at the time of his death, I suppose. And he had been given that consciousness originally by the Mind Stone. Yeah. Uh, but White Vision didn't have the Mind Stone and therefore not fully sure as to how how um, Sword managed to reboot him without the Mind Stone. They used Wanda's magic, which also came from the Mind Stone. Because that's what, what they used to recharge him. So, you know, when she sent back the magical um, drone, she threw that back at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, look, she's given us exactly what we need. Whilst looking at yes. White Vision and cackling. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, go back to that's apology. Fun. Thank you. Yeah. So she used the magic on her side, but also the magic on the following side. So, uh, and she got that magic from the Mind Stone. So it kind of turns into something where the the spark of the, the original spark of life came from mindstone and then that creates consciousness and that that consciousness can get handed down by cellular regeneration uh and that's arguably how uh people have kids maybe and stuff but having that original idea of a spark of life and then that made me think about you know there's michelangelo's fresco in the sistine chapel about god reaching out and down to adam and giving him the spark of life do you know the painting yeah 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 um so I thought, oh, is MCU actually now going into this theory that, you know, we've got souls that are given that spark of life and that's where the mind stones from is one of the infinity stones. That's the only thing that can create life as such. And then anything beyond that is just being handed down. Wow. And then Vision takes his memories and hands it on to the next person, copies that over into this central part of the brain that never dies, just does a complete copy over. And that's how consciousness gets copied on to someone else. And is that kind of a um a metaphor for how consciousness gets passed on to our children and through the reproductive system and stuff? I don't know if that's really what they were going for, but it's what made me think of it. And then I kind of I was reading about um the film Memento, uh, which is 20 years old this year. Jesus. And um, <laughs> that kind of shows how. I made made me want to read it, uh, re watch that film again actually, because that shows how memories are actually so tied up with our sense of self. Then yeah, you can actually say, oh, if you were to just get someone else's memories completely transferred over to you, then yeah, you literally are that person, and you literally are the ship of Theseus because you've experienced everything that that other person experienced. Let's not worry about which part of us is, is regenerated, which part of us is original. If you've lived through what someone else lived through, you are that person because memory and human experience is the core of the soul. And yeah, that's um, that's kind of where I got to on it. <laughs> wow, I mean that's, that's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, God, um, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I suppose an analogy I can think of that's always baffled me is the whole Star Trek teleporter thing, because basically they destroy the original version and they rebuild another version. So, you know, if people go through that like thousands of times in their career, like mm. where's the original one gone? It was always, you know, they broke down the matter on Earth the first time they ever transported. Uh, and ever since then, it's just been a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. So, you know, that's that's one that I've always wondered about. And why don't they just... You know, take some inanimate thing like the, the corpse of a crew member that has just died, bring them into a transport and just use the last pattern that they had and bring them back again. Yeah. Because um, it's just like, like you say, it's kind of, if, as long as it's got all the memories, it doesn't matter if it's exactly the same matter, does it? Yeah. Um, I think that was yeah. similar to another Christopher Nolan film as well, wasn't it? The Prestige. Did you ever see that one? Oh, yeah, that was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, where he's basically 
a magician that does this really want we won't ruin it for people but yeah watch it it's 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 a very good film we're not going to ruin that one um i mean going back to this whole you know oh i like the bit right at the end when uh wonder and vision say their farewells and that kind of relates to what you're saying because he was like said to her you know i was a disembodied voice then i was uh i don't know an android made man or whatever and then i was a copy of an android made man and he's like i wonder what i'll come back as next or something like that so he's kind of he's aware of his own strange path to consciousness and reality and like he knows that he's not like you know but then he maybe that's what makes him more, more human than anything it's kind of like i know my consciousness is me thus it doesn't matter how i end up coming back to you i will and we yeah. can our love can carry on um which it's is almost- quite that's almost quite a buddhist belief actually there's that theory there's that buddhist um um saying that oh you, a wave rises out of the sea and then the wave crests and then it goes back down into the sea but the wave isn't gone it's just gone back to where it came from and the wave will come up again and obviously oh. buddhism being one of the main proponents of reincarnation and stuff um and that actually the way they think about the dalai lama um he's actually a re- he's actually an incarnation of one of the um one of their um spirits i'm, I'm kind of I'm a, little, a little bit out of my depth here now but um, <laughs> whether they i think whether i'd have to look into this but whether they believe that he actually has that spirits memories from the last incarnations of him they've got incarnations going back to the 1500s or something oh god yeah wow. Um, and yeah, the Dalai Lama is supposedly the reincarnation, but I don't think he claims to have the previous incarnation's memories. We would, I mean, I mean, it, it's really hard to prove, then, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm not questioning a whole faith because um, that would be bad. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure what they what they claim on that. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting perspective, though. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I, I was, you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned discovery. It kind of ties into um, uh, um, Adira and how she collect she keeps people's memories in the symbiont isn't she the trill symbiont and i think she doesn't she can't remember them at first but then she manages to unlock those memories doesn't she and whether she's had them copied over as well is that another similar kind of theory yeah because i think uh, traditionally it's a trill that has the symbiont and they can access it straight away because they've been trained and all that jazz Mm. yeah it's kind of like you know that's why you take the symbiont name as your surname because then eventually you are not just you, you're the symbiont as well. So you are, you know, you're your own person, but I think you're actually superseded by the fact that you are all these other people. So you kind of, you're part of that continuing story. So you're one whole being that just happens to have lived for hundreds of thousands of years or hundreds of years or thousands of years, like all those lifetimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in theory, Vision could keep doing that, couldn't he? And just keep transferring his memory to... Because he, he did it. It wasn't Wanda that did it. He, he did that transfer, didn't he? So... Yeah, so it's, yeah, a magical replica of vision, magically, I don't know, yeah. But uh, that reminds me of one thing. You know all these films, they always have the magic person fight the magic person and the robot person fight the robot person and the kids yeah. fight the policeman. Why not just have the robot person fight the magic person and the magic person fight the robot person? Because then it would be like, you know, like obviously magic's going to beat magic or it would just be boring watching them throw lasers at each other. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, why didn't Vision just go up there and like put a chokehold on them or something? I don't know. Uh, like rock, rock, paper, scissors, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, and why didn't like Wanda just zap white Vision? But I suppose she couldn't because it would have upset her. And then God mm. knows what would have happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on here. I mean, I, I'm not sure where we are with time because I think this has been one <laughs> episode where we've kind of ranted away for a while. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. 
yeah we're starting to knock our usual limit so yeah. might be good to wrap this up um yeah yeah any any final thoughts i mean obviously we're excited for falcon and the winter soldier um excited for doctor strange multiverse of mad multiverse of madness is that coming out later this year isn't it hopefully yeah i mean pandemic permitting i don't know if they've started shooting yet but um yeah i mean it'd be cool because basically it's it's one of those things where it's bound to follow on from this so we're all just waiting on tenterhooks now to see what the hell's going to happen next mm. um but yeah i think it was interesting i mean agatha was sort of a weird reveal but like it'll be interesting to see how she progresses going forward whether she'll be a frenemy that exists going beyond this series I, I well she... where, where's she where is she now because wanda said oh yeah i'm going to leave you here in westview forever and then she shut down westview so he's is Agatha stuck in some virtual prison somewhere or what? I don't know. Well, she's probably just still stuck in Restview, but she's just now not Agatha. She's a brainwashed version of Agatha or something. But what right. I don't get is where is she going to live? Because that was Ralph's house um, and Wanda's house doesn't exist. So unless it's a magical prison house that Agatha's living in, it just becomes like, and then who's like everything. Every, uh, yeah. Who knows? Like all the people that were standing on the street watching them throw lightning bolts at each other are just going like, to welcome her into the corner shop. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, they didn't think that one through, but I think it's just so they can conveniently turn up halfway through Multiverse of Madness and be like, Agatha, we need your help. Okay, yeah. sweetie, you know, um, I remember now, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think at the end in the post credit scene, Wanda was at Wondergore Mountain, which is kind of part of their mythology, and it's where she learned all her magic and um, where the high evolutionary is based and stuff. So I think it'd be quite And cool Agatha was like her mentor in the comics, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, one thing they didn't get to was the cow woman that was her nurse. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. I mean, I would have liked to see that in a flashback, but, you know, I think that's a bit too trippy for the MCU. Well, they're saying that they've got Buffalo Bill, which is going to be a horse-based Asgardian person coming up in the next four film. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, thinking about things that happen in comics, and oh, I always think, oh, they'll, they'll never bring that to the screen. I've always said like loads of things in Walking Dead that happen in the comics, and I thought, oh, that's never gonna happen, and they bloody well did it. Yeah. So. <laughs> the tiger. The um, tiger. Yeah. Princess or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Whisperers. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. This stuff. Yeah, because you, you thought the garbage patch people were their like lame attempt to do the Whisperers, and then yeah. nope, they actually did them. Um, did them yeah. quite well actually. Oh, yeah. Man. My horde. Um, but yeah, I've not watched the latest yet, so don't ruin it. Um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, well, well, shall we leave it there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, that's the end of another episode of Geek Bites. Um, I guess we need some cheery theme music now, or about seven minutes of credits. But we're not going to do that because that eats into our runtime. Uh, so we'll just say farewell. Catch you next time on Geek Bites. Stay tuned. <laughs>